0: Nice though, because instead of seeing the back of your heads, I can see your smiling faces. So, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, the last opportunity I had to do this was back in um, June. You remember that? Yeah, some of you were here, right? And um, with that, I, I, if it's okay, I want to be myself. Is it okay? I have your permission? Yes. Good, thank you, thank you. So, in that, I, I think I told you a little bit of my family, right? I think I mentioned that um, I have 10 siblings. Wow, right? I'm one of 11. One mother, one father, 11 kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't tell you this about my parents. uh, They were in iron and steel. Yeah, my mother would iron, my father would steel. (laughs) No, no, that's not true. My parents, they met in a circus. They were both clowns. I didn't want to go to the family business because those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my roommate wore me. He says, enough jokes, Julian. Get on with the preaching. I agree. I agree. No, actually, my parents were typic- typical immigrants from Mexico. They came up in 1951. My sister was one-year-old, a baby. And I think my mother was pregnant with my brother, my brother Felipe. But typical immigrants. My father was a merchant. He had a little shop. He opened the store. The door to his business seven days a week. God bless him. He had a little <laughs> <laughs> right, mom was a stay-at-home mom. She raised us and took care of the house. So that is uh, that is a little bit about me. But I will tell you this. Uh, you know what? Let me stop and pray a little bit before we get going. Right. So heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for this beautiful day, Lord God. Lord, you are so good, you are so true, you are so sovereign, Lord God. You are good to us, Lord God, when, it, uh, when it's sunshine, it feels good on our back, Lord God. But you're also there in the rain, Lord God. You are washing away our tears sometimes, Lord God. You are watering the grass and the flowers, Lord God. So you are sovereign every day, Lord God. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this congregation, Lord God. Would you be with me, Lord God, as I deliver this message? Would you be with my brothers and sisters, Or oh God? Help us to receive the message that you have for us, Lord oh God. Open our hearts, open our minds. Bless us in every way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, um, let me see. I know she's hiding in here. Where is our sister, Maggie DeLong? Yeah, right? Raise your hand, Maggie. <coughs> Maggie is so faithful. So faithful. Yeah, she's usually. She's very often at the welcome desk serving this community, serving this body. And I want you to know a little bit about Maggie. She is a prayer worry and a half. She really is. And uh, she'll come in here when it's quiet. She'll pray and she'll work and she'll clean. She works diligently all by herself. I want you to know that. I know that because she texts me sometimes. Julian, I took down all the Christmas decorations. They're all boxed up. Put them away. No problem. I'm on it. So thank that, sister. There's, there's lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know Maggie's brother, John DeLong. Yeah, look at all those hands go up. John is an awesome brother in Christ. Yeah, I was at uh, New Life Midway for 10 years when God used John to recruit me over here in Montclair. He said, Julian, we want to rebuild Celebrate Recovery right here. I'm like, awesome. I love Celebrate Recovery. I love all kind of recovery. John's an awesome guy. Look at that big smile. Right? So we know. I'm like, man, this is going to be good. John's going to lead it. God bless the ministry, grew the ministry. God bless John. He had just lost his wife a year earlier. Who, Who remembers Laura? Yeah, right? Tremendous woman. So uh, John was licking his wounds, praying to God, what's next, what's next? And God told him, hey, you got to serve people, broken people. So you know what? Being a part of self-recovery, John, well awesome, I'm here, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> we didn't know this. Just on opening day, in walked a beautiful woman named Mo, uh, Myrna Soriano. We didn't know it at the time, but that was going to be John's wife. Yeah, right? Got married, great wedding. <laughs> Typical John, he showed up at his own <laughs> wedding, right? <laughs> Tuxedo, t-shirt, gym shoes. Am I right? <laughs> Everybody's happy for John. Pastor Lewis, who was here at the time, says, hey, Julian. I'm like, yeah, would you lead to recovery? <laughs> what? Me? <laughs> you, know, I got, you know, I'm not John. I can't. But God impressed it on me. I don't have to fill those shoes. I just have to be Julian don't have to be John. Sunday after Sunday, we're blessed to have Tom Fitzmaurice preach to us. Yeah, right? The podium's right there. (laughs) So he can walk right among us, right? He takes us on these wonderful journeys of emotions, right? That's not me. (laughs) Uh, I'm steady. I'm like regular, right? I'm like Dr. Spock when I speak, right? Or Mr. Spock, was that his name? Or who remembers me? Remember uh, the guy called Hal, remember? 2001, in space odyssey, right? 2001, that was it? I'm like Hal, (laughs) steady. I'm not gonna take you on these emotional roller coasters. Those are big shoes to fill. You know what, I just need to be me. So with that permission, I wanna take us through this morning's message And it's on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, 1 through 24. If you're using a pew Bible, it's three-quarters of the way back. It's page 1027, page 1027. And what I want to do is I want to read through the text briefly, and then I'll go back through the text, and I'll break it down for us. Is that okay? Okay. is Jesus sends out the 72. It begins. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. When you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yeah, right? Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Corzine. Would you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in ashes and sackcloth, or sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on, on, uh, at judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No. You will be, you will go down to the depths, he who listens to you listens to me. That's Jesus speaking. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. That's God the Father, yeah. 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of the joy of the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, it was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom he, the Son chooses to reveal him to, to him. Excuse me, chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and privately said, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings welcomed, wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And hear what you hear, but did not hear it. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So there's a lot of material here, right? And what's he talking about? So let's go through it little by little and break it down, okay? Okay. So the first place I want to begin is right there, verse 1 out of, chapter, uh, out of chapter 10. Let's go back there at the very top. It said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him. Isn't that a funny way to begin the story? That's the opening of chapter 10. That's verse 1 out of chapter 10. So let me give us a little clue to how to read this. I saw those two words they jumped out at me after this. After what? That's my clue to go back a little bit. So I went back to chapter 9, and I'm looking at it. Man, there's like... 1,000 verses in chapter 9. So I'm scanning through it, scanning through it. I get back to the very first line in chapter 9. Let's see. Do we have it up on the screen? Chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Let me flip it back. What did I say? It was page 1027? Oh, is it up there? There it is. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. The 12 are his disciples, right? He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, and to cure diseases. Verse 2, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we just read that in chapter 10? So what I want us to know is in Luke 9, 1 through 3, Jesus sends out the 70 th- the twelve. Here in chapter 10, he sends out the 72. Jesus did not send out the 72 where the, bla- uh, the trail was not already blazed by the 12. As a matter of fact, he did not send out the 12 where he did not blaze the trail himself. It's not here. It's not a, it's not going to be on the screen. But let me let me show you what happened in Luke chapter 4. You guys might remember, everybody might remember what happens in Luke chapter 4. There's some interesting stories. This is where the Holy Spirit leads Jesus out to the desert to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Right? At the end of that time, the devil is tempting Jesus. Jesus passes, right? And what does he do? It says right there in the text. Where is it? It's in um, 16. After after the temptation, it says he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, which was his custom. And they gave him the scroll. And he read it. He opened up to Isaiah 61. And he started reading it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Does that sound familiar? So my point is that Jesus did not send out the 72 where he did not send the, 70, uh, the 12, right, to blaze the trail. He didn't send out the 12 where he didn't go first. Isn't that amazing? My roommate reminded me, told me, that's called the great chain of discipleship because what we're going to see is for over 2,000 years, Jesus' disciples have been sharing the good news and going where others have gone before, right? As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, we're reminded, man, to keep running the good race. Hebrews says, you know what? It it might be tough sometimes, therefore, uh, yeah. He reminds us, we're not going alone. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Keep going. You're not going alone. You've gone where Christians have gone for 2,000 years. As a matter of fact, Jesus is going with us. Let's look what it says in Matthew 28, 20. Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. and Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And what does it say at the end of there? I am with you always to the very end. So we're not going alone. We're not going alone. This is called for us. Amen. Again, the great, yeah, yeah, amen, amen, amen. Let's go to uh, verse 2 here. Look at that verse. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out his workers into the harvest field. What's going on here? Who remembers? So the name of this series is called All Hands on Deck. Remember, Pastor Josiah talked to us on video Pastor Josiah, by the way, is our our lead pastor over at New Life Midway. Everybody remember that we're one church in many locations? Anthony Perez reminds us about this all the time. He says, hey, man, there are like 26 campuses all around Chicago, right? We're one of like 34 services going on. Why? We're a movement church. But anyway, um, Pastor Josiah is our lead pastor, and he was reminding us about this, this message. He said, you know what? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The name of this m- series is All Hands on Deck. And he was talking about, you know what? He sees and he prays that God is opening up a harvest for us, a once-in-a-generation opportunity. He says, it's going to happen in 2024. He says, we need all hands on deck. And he said, you know, that's an old-school term that comes from um, sailors and boats he said, if they're up on deck, and he goes, if they see that the storm is coming another crisis, he said, they'll call down below, all hands on deck, which means everybody has to come up on deck. doesn't matter if you're involved in another task or sleeping or unengaged. He said, you know what? Because if you don't have everybody up on deck, the ship is not going to get to where it's going to go. Does that make sense? Pastor Josiah was talking to us. He said, I want to challenge new life to be ready. He said, Right here, Jesus is saying it has nothing to do with the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. It's not about fruitfulness. He said it's about faithfulness. And he was challenging us. Yeah, amen. That's right. He was challenging us. He says, you know what? Are we going to be engaged? It's real easy for me to lay back and say, you know what? (laughs) I'm just going to take it easy right now. But he's challenging me. He's challenging us. He says, man. What if for 2024 we decide we're going to be fully committed to his work, to his kingdom? Wow, look at that. It's not about fruitfulness. It's about faithfulness, right? So, yeah, let me continue. Let me continue. Verse 3, Jesus says, Go. I'm sending you out like wolves among lambs. I mean, uh, uh, lambs among wolves. (laughs) Sorry, thank you. You guys are keeping (laughs) me by my toes. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Josiah would say, man, if we understood the calling, the anointing, the authority we have in Christ, man, look at that, the Lord of the harvest. Then he comes to this. We're all fired up. The 72 were fired up. Then he says to him, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. What? <laughs> Jesus, did you say you're sending them out? Did you, are you sending us out like giants among liliputians? No. It says right there, like lambs among wolves. Jesus, <laughs> what's up? Lam- lambs are sweet, innocent, defenseless. Throwing us to the wolves? Jesus, you're a lion. The Bible calls him the Lion of Judah. Who remembers that song? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's coming with right power and glory. Every knee will bow. Here Jesus says, lambs among wolves. What is he saying to us? Here's what I think he's saying to us. Don't be afraid don't be surprised, right? The world is out there. You're not, I'm not always going to get well-received. I remember I, got, uh, I work at O'Hare Airport, but I was shipped out to Midway for about 18 months, and I remember being brand new there, and I was looking at this guy. And he threw out something. I said, you know what? That's why I believe in God. He looked at me, laughed, and this and that. I forget how I answered him, but I answered him very gently. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm identified as a Christian. This so other guy walks right up to me. John, real sharp guy. He's like, hey, Julian, do you read the Bible? Do you believe in God? I'm like, yep. He goes, let me ask you. He says, do you um, think God created the earth in six days? or Do you think God created the earth? I'm like, yep. He goes, do you think it did in six days? I said, I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But what was going on there? Man, John was kind of challenging. me. Yeah, Yeah, right? But what am I called to do? Just to be gentle. Gentle as a lamb. Let's look at the second half of that verse. It said, um, uh, I'm sending you out like, oh, you know what? I know what I was going to say. We don't have to be afraid. Why? What do lambs have? Lambs have a shepherd. The Bible calls Jesus the chief shepherd. <laughs> Man, so we don't have to be afraid. We do not have to be afraid. Amen? Amen. He goes on in verse 4. He says, do not take a purse, bag, or sandals. What? Man, Jesus, when I go on a road trip, I got extra waters. (laughs) I got peanuts. I got some Doritos. I got some fruit, right? And here Jesus is telling hey, don't take any provisions. What's up with that? Well, remember I told you that in Luke chapter 4, the Holy Spirit led Jesus out to the desert, right? Why? The Holy Spirit wanted Jesus to trust him. What is God asking us to do here? Trust him. There you go. Exactly, right? So there's some crazy stuff in here, but there's, <laughs> there's method to Jesus' madness, right? I, I'm going to link some of these verses together, so I'm going to read through them again. So the second half of verse 4 says, um, do not greet anyone on the road. When you're there, you enter the house, say peace, right? Then verse 7, he says, stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town or are welcome, eat what is offered to you, right? So what's Jesus doing there? Jesus is offering instruction, and he's setting the expectation of urgency. This isn't to be a pleasure trip. It's a trip with purpose. It's not rude, though, because he reminds them to offer and bless the house with peace, right? So picture this. You ever go on vacation to see family? And you get to that city, and you unpack your bags, and you stay with family for a little bit, and then what happened? You pack up your bags and go over here, (laughs) right? I remember my mom taking to Mexico. She goes, we're going to go with your your Paco over here because, um, you know, he'll take us to the mall on Monday. But on the weekend we want to be with the other Diopaco because he's going to take us to Cuernavaca. Right? That's not this. That's that's a family vacation. This is not that. Again, Jesus is sending expectation that there's a purpose. He said it's to proclaim that the kingdom of God is near, to cure the diseases and heal the sick. What? Jesus, heal the sick? I can't heal the sick. Well. God can still heal the sick, right? But what was the purpose of these miracles? To give credibility, right? Jesus is who he says he is. And he gave the apostles, the 12, that authority. He gave the 72 that authority. I don't have that authority. But you know what I can do? I have instant credibility. Why? Because I can tell people like that guy Leo. I said, man, I know who I was. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. And Jesus is telling us the same thing, right? He said the kingdom of God is near. In Mark one fifteen, we can see it maybe. Um, he said the kingdom of God is at hand, right? In Luke seven seven 7.21, Jesus said the kingdom of God is in your midst. Don't miss it. Let me go on to v- verse uh, Verse n- uh, 10. He said, when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Jesus, <laughs> I'm going to get punched in the face. <laughs> is he really telling us that? Well, we just got to remember that Jesus is talking 2,000 years ago, and he was talking a language that they understood. So there's some things that they did back in the uh, ancient times that we just don't do but it was a symbol representing something else. Like, you guys remember, I think it's the book of Esther, towards the end, the two men are making an agreement. One guy takes off his sandal and hands it to the other guy. That guy did the same thing, and that's how they, they recognize the contract. The deal was done, right? So Jesus speaking to them and he says, hey, wipe the dust off your feet. I don't think he's telling us, hey, if somebody doesn't. <laughs> but I think what Jesus is communicating to us is, you know what, responsibility is no longer yours right? Just because he says it, right? He says it. If, if they reject you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. As a matter of fact, they're not rejecting me, they're going to reject my Father in heaven. So I think he's taking the responsibility off of us. Now we do have a responsibility to go, right? But I think that's what he's saying right there. He goes on, there's some, <laughs> there's some heavy passages here. I'm going to read 12, 13, and 14. He says, I tell you, It will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorzine. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Wow, some strong warnings, right? What's he saying, man? Well, I think it's self-explanatory, actually. But... What does that mean to me? What does that mean to us? It's a challenge to me. You know, he's saying to these towns, hey, you saw Sodom and Gomorrah, Tyre and Sidon, they didn't get to see Jesus walking around performing miracles. But Julian, how does this apply to you? Julian, how many times do you come to church on Sunday? Do you hear the message? Do you receive the message? Have you repented, Julian? Have you fully repented, Julian? Am I coming on Sunday just to hear Pastor Tom preach? Or am I really, really receiving this message? That's God's message. Am I considering it? Or am I just going off to lunch and saying, oh, that was great, great message, great message? That's for me. That's for us. It's a warning. Don't come to church Sunday after Sunday. And just let that message go in one ear and out the other. Okay? A little bit of a challenge for us. And then he says in verse 15, he says, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to heavens? No. You will go down to the depths. What's that all about? <laughs> so um, let me explain to you. Capernaum was like Jesus' base, Right? We just celebrated Christmas two months ago, right? Everybody knows that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, little town, you could almost call it a hamlet. But he was raised where? In Nazareth. That's like saying Jesus was born in Gulf Illinois. Who knows where Gulf Illinois is? Yeah, right? One or two, it's about half an hour straight north down Harlem Avenue. Tiny little town, little hamlet. It's like saying Jesus was born in Gulf. And then he was raised in Niles. Who's heard of Niles? Yeah, a few more people, right? But Jesus wouldn't have set up shop in Niles. He would have gone to, like, the Park Ridge because, you know, that's where all the merchants were. That's where the happy influencers, so that's what's happening. Jesus' base is Capernaum. It's the bigger town. And um, let me see. Let me give you a picture. Let me draw the analogy. remember remembers the White Sox of 2005. Yeah, <laughs> Right? That's the year the White Sox won the World Series, right? Let me, let me, let me say this. Who remembers the Bears of 86? Yeah. yeah, right? That's when we won the Super Bowl. The Bulls of the 90s, right? Six rings, baby. Of course, I saved the best for last. Who remembers the Cubs? That's right. <laughs> right? That's the year we won the World Series. What happened? Did you hear my language? We won the World Series. I'm sure those cubs would have been like, Julian, where <laughs> 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 were you? In the, yeah, right, where <laughs> were you? Were you in the stands or were you on the field, Julian? We have a tendency to do this. I think those people are doing the same thing. Like, hey, man, Jesus, hey, Capernaum, we're from Capernaum. Yeah. It's coattails, and Jesus say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, are you in the stands or are you in the field? Same thing for us. New life. I think I mentioned earlier, right, has 26 campuses, 27 campuses. Why, does that ha- why, is that, why, why is God blessing the ministry of New Life? New Life is a movement church. They're on the move. And um, man, am I going to be a part of it? That was part of Josiah's challenge. Am I going to be on the sidelines or am I going to be on the field? That's kind of what Jesus is telling us. Okay, verse 16, whoever rejects you, excuse me whoever listened to you listen to me whoever rejects you rejects me and the one who sent me 17 they said lord even the s- to us in your name even the demons in- to us, to us I- in your name jesus replied i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven what does this mean so if you look at that where he s- they say lord even the demons and then he says um do not rejoice that uh, that your names, that the demons submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of heaven. I think Jesus is redirecting their focus from themselves to the kingdom. Does that make sense? And then they said, uh, he says, hey, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the evil. What is that all about? Does that apply to us? I'd be careful with that. I'd be careful with that. You know what I think is happening here? I think Jesus is speaking metaphorically. When he says, "Yeah, absolutely," when he's talking about snakes and scorpions, remember, the Bible uses uh, animals like that to p- depict evil or Satan. Remember the Garden? Satan came to Adam and Eve in the form of a serpent, right? Many times in Revelation, I think they call uh, it's represented by a dragon. Other places, the great leviathan—that's a that's a sea creature. So, and the reason I think that that's that's what's happening because uh, Jesus uh, said, "Hey, I saw." Satan, fall like lightning from heaven. Again, they came to him and said, hey, this is what's happening. I don't think Jesus, I mean, I think he did. But I think what Jesus was telling them, like, you know what, he's speaking metaphorically. It's like, like we came back to Jesus. And he goes, yeah, I know, I saw you hit the home run. You were right on target. You hit a bullseye. See? And then even there, he says, you know what, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and semen and overcome the power of the enemy. It's that little word, and. That's very, very important, right? At that time, we're almost done. At that time, Jesus, full of uh, joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what pleased you to do. All things have committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Then he turned to the disciples and said to them, privately blessed are you Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. We have a great privilege to share the gospel, the good news. Amen, amen. So let me just give you my final thoughts on this whole, let me wrap it up like this. What does this stuff mean to us right here at Montclair? Okay? I touched on this a couple times already, said, you know what? We are one church in several locations. One of the sayings is we're all over the city for the good of the city, right? We are one church. We have one vision, one mission, one goal, united in Christ. We're a movement church. We're not a stagnant church. Let me give you a real brief history, right? In 1986, Mark Job found the New Life Community Church the corner of 44th and Plina. Michelle right there, her, her mom was there. Yeah, absolutely. God bless that ministry. That, that church is about this, this size, maybe a little bit bigger, a lot older, right, falling apart. But, man, they filled up that building real fast. And then they said, like, we don't have any room. So they started renting places, IIT and the Plumbers Union all over. Pastor Mark used to say, man, if you can find us, you can meet with us. That's true. It was true, right? 20 years later, 20 years later in 1926, coincidentally, it has nothing to do with me, but that's when I came to New Life. New Life had six campuses. New Life South, led by Al Garcia and Forrest, New Life West, Tony Wasso and Cicero. New Life Melrose Park, led by John Palmieri. New Life Lakeview, led by Mark Job and Kes Kevin Bursema New Life Central, they were calling it Central back then before they changed the name to Midway. A- and uh, that was led by uh, Mark Job and uh, uh, Mike Berry, Pastor George Sosa. And there was a little place called New Life Irving was a man led, uh Asa M. I had a couple friends there I wanted to visit. My friends were uh, Confessor Martinez, Jesus is still my friend. Jesus, I mean, uh, Confessor beat us to heaven. Yeah. But then that morning I met a friend. I didn't know it at the time. His name is Tom Morris. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll tell you what, by 2016, 10 years later, New Life had 10 campuses. And at that time, Mark Job was looking forward to 2020. He had a vision. He called it the 2020 vision. He wanted us, New Life, to plant 20 new churches by 2020. We missed that goal. Yeah. But today it's 2024. I think we have 26 campuses, 27, 28. (laughs) I don't even know anymore. It's hard, man, dynamic the way this church is growing. God has blessed this ministry. Man. Not only do we have 20 campuses, but Pastor Mark was calling for 10 international cities where we could partner with other churches, right? Movement churches. We're not stagnant. Today we have campuses in Querétaro, Mexico. I think we have two or three campuses there. Yeah, we had Pastor Jose. Who remembers Pastor Jose who came in November, December, right? Man, we have New Life Querétaro. We have churches, or we're partnering with churches in Havana, Cuba, Lima, Peru. We have New Life Nueva Vida, Santander, which is in Spain. I think we have one in... in, uh, Burgos, where Pastor Mark, Burgos, where, say it properly. <laughs> Burgos.
1: Well yeah, exactly. See,
0: Chicago accent. I'm not Tom. <laughs> yeah, man. So what's happening? Movement Church. Movement Church. We're not stagnant. Today, Mark Job is a senior pastor, and Josiah has been our lead pastor for about five years. In 2026, he reminded us that new life will be 40 years old. And Pastor Josiah was asking God, what's next? You guys remember he came to us on video the first Sunday of 2024? Remember he talked to us. He goes, I sense that there's an opening. God is providing a a once-in-a-generation harvest. Remember the vision he said that God gave him? Where he's at the theater, Chicago Theater, absolutely. He's like, he could see. It it looks like it's just about showtime. The seats are empty, but then God let him see behind stage and behind scene. There's all this activity going on, right? So guess what? That's a challenge for us. Pastor Josiah said, hey, are we going to be faithful? The fruit is there. It's going to be challenging? Yeah, it's going to be challenging. Are people going to reject you? Well, Jesus said when they're rejecting you, they're really rejecting me. Right? So God is the Lord of the harvest. Jesus is our shepherd. We got this, right? So I want to challenge us to move forward. Be ready. If you've been holding back for 2024, let's be all in, all hands on deck. Amen? Amen. Amen. So thank you for new life. appreciate the new life, Montclair. What, <laughs> what I want to do, we're, we're one church, remember? We want to be all hands on deck. We want to be united behind one church, one vision, one mission, one goal, right? So what I want us to do, Pastor, would you come up and, and lead us in a, p- a prayer? I want everybody, what, is, what does Pastor always have us do? Link hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and link hands, reminding us that we're united. We want to be all hands on deck, right? Take your time. You don't have, Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Take your time, take your time, I'll wait for you. (laughs) That's right, we're all in this together, right? So, Father, thank you, Lord, for the word today. Lord, this was a challenging message, Lord God, but I need to hear this, Lord God. I want to make sure that I'm not on the sidelines, Lord God. I don't want to be holding back, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that, that you call us to be united, Lord God. We don't all have to look alike, Lord God. New Life Lakeview is not New Life Montclair. New Life um, um, Lincoln Park is not Montgomery. Lord, you call us to reflect, the, to reflect the neighborhood, Lord God. You call us to be all hands on deck, united, Lord God. So let this be a symbol, Lord God, of our hearts, our mind, our decision, our determination, Lord God. And Jesus, you are our chief shepherd, Lord God. Would you go with us? Would you go before us, Lord God? You blaze the trail, Lord God, and you said in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Lord God, that as we go out and make disciples of all nations, you would be with us to the end, Lord God. We trust that we believe that, Lord God. I lift up to you this prayer in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Montclair. Love you. Appreciate you. Let me turn it over to the worship team. All right, with that, let's worship.